Well, good morning. I don't think you need me to tell you that the world around us is changing all the time. That there are things that we have today which never used to exist. No matter how old we are or how young we are, if we compare the world of today to how things were when we were younger, there are clearly big differences. So we can think of things like computers, phones, the internet, or electric cars, or a hundred other examples of things that we have now which simply didn't exist when we were younger. So change is inevitable. We can't avoid things changing. And so we cope with change, or we adapt to change, and that's something that we all have to do. We've been making our way through the book of Proverbs these past few weeks, learning about wisdom. And in chapter one of this book, we're told that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then last week in chapter two, We heard that it's the Lord who gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And if we were in a philosophy class learning about wisdom, I'm not sure that these are things that we would be taught. So it's good, I think, to take time to reflect about wisdom from a slightly different perspective. In his letter, James, the brother of Jesus, also writes about wisdom. And he suggests that there are two kinds of wisdom. I'm going to read what he says. He starts with a question. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good, by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every kind of evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. I've already mentioned that in some ways the world around us is always changing, but there are some things that don't change, things to do with human nature like envy and selfish ambition, which cause all sorts of problems as we all know all too well. We can think about problems in places like Russia and Ukraine, but also here in our own country and in our own lives too, where Perhaps there are difficulties in our relationships with other people, perhaps even members of our own families, where these things are caused by selfishness or envy and those kind of things. So I think we probably all agree with James that there is a difference between earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom. Wisdom that comes from heaven is pure, peace-loving, considerate, 
submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. That's quite a list, isn't it? Who is wise and understanding among you? That's the question that James asks. And then he says, let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. So that means that wisdom and understanding are seen in the lives that we live, our everyday lives, and the choices that we make. And we need wisdom because life isn't simple or straightforward. We all know that. We're making choices and decisions all the time, every day. We make decisions about what we're going to buy, what we're going to do, what we're going to say, and even what we think all the time. We're making choices, we're making decisions. So where does our wisdom and understanding come from when we're making decisions, when we're living our lives? And how do we grow in wisdom? Do we want to be wise? I think we do, don't we? And that's why we need wisdom constantly every day. And that's why it's worth us thinking about wisdom together. Wisdom is valuable and practical, but it can also easily be ignored or forgotten. So going back to things that have changed since we were young, I've noticed that one of the things that's changed since I was small is Lego. When I was six or seven, I loved playing with Lego. And I can remember that we had a box, a huge box, full of Lego bricks. And with my two brothers, we'd spend hours and hours building cars and planes and houses and all sorts of things. And now our little boy, James, he loves Lego as well. And for his birthday and Christmas, for the last few years, every, every birthday, every Christmas, he's got some Lego uh, as presents. But things have changed since I was younger. I think you can still buy uh, boxes of Lego bricks where you can then just make whatever you want. Um, but the Lego that James has been getting for presents is the kind that comes in a kit. So it comes in a box and there's a picture on the front, and there are very detailed instructions to follow in order to make the car or the truck or whatever it is that's pictured on the front of the box. And, and James loves it. He, he sits at the table with all the bricks, and he follows the instructions a step at a time and ends up with the most amazing vehicles or creatures, dinosaurs or buildings or whatever it is. But without the instructions, there's no way that he'd be able to build what's on the box. Sure, he would be able to put the pieces together and make something, but it would be much too complicated for him to make what is on the box. Uh, So he needs to follow the instructions really carefully. The equivalent for adults is probably IKEA furniture. And even though... The first IKEA store in Sweden was opened in 1958. They didn't come to the UK until 1987. And Southampton had to wait until 2009 before we had our own IKEA store. So when I was growing up, IKEA was something that I'd never heard of. But now it's become very much a part of of life. And every time we get something from IKEA, 
I have to follow the instructions very carefully, just like James with his Lego sets. But once the bookcase or the chair is built, I put away the instructions. They go in a drawer, a bottom drawer in our kitchen, with all the other instruction booklets that we've accumulated over the years. And once the thing has been built, I don't need to refer to the instructions again. I'm finished with them, and I can forget about them. But that's furniture, which isn't exactly the same as life. So we asked ourselves, do we need any instructions for living wisely or living well? And I know that some people really don't like instructions at all and would much rather figure things out for themselves uh, rather than spending hours and hours reading instructions and following them. But even if we don't like detailed instructions, we all appreciate good advice and perhaps a picture of what we want to build build to show us what it should look like when we're finished. And the book of Proverbs gives us a picture of what life could look like. It's worth reading and thinking about, but I know that it's not easy. It's not easy to find time or even the motivation to open the Bible and to read it. It's difficult. And like a lot of the Bible, the book of Proverbs contains instructions, but unlike the instructions that come with Lego or Ikea furniture, which can be put in a drawer and forgotten, these are instructions that we need to keep coming back to. So let's do that now. Let's read chapter 3 of the book of Proverbs, and we're going to pay particular attention to the instructions given in this chapter. It's on page 636 in the church Bible's starting right at the bottom of the page. So I'll give you just a moment to find it, and then you'll be able to follow as I read it. So Proverbs chapter 3, page 636. So remember, we're looking out for instructions, helpful instructions in this passage. So here we go. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them round your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, In her left hand are riches and honour. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. 
She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the watery depths were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbour, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. Do not plot harm against your neighbour who lives trustfully near you. Do not accuse anyone for no reason when they have done you no harm. Do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways, for the Lord detests the perverse but takes the upright into his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He mocks proud mockers but shows favour to the humble and oppressed. The wise inherit honour, but fools get only shame. How many instructions do you think were in that chapter? Quite a lot. Quite a few. I'm sure you weren't counting them, so let me tell you. There are at least 20 instructions, probably more than any of us can actually remember easily. And that's just in one chapter of this book. Just out of interest, little test, do we remember from last week, Proverbs chapter 2, any of the instructions that Louise spoke to us about if we were here last week? Don't have to say any, but it's just a question. Do you remember any of the instructions from chapter 2? That was the first question that Tony asked in our house group on Thursday evening, and we really struggled to remember them. But it's interesting that all the instructions in chapter 2 are at the very beginning. In the first four verses, we have eight instructions, so they're very densely packed into the beginning of chapter 2. If you want to look at it, I'll read it. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Accept my words, store up my commands, turn your ear, apply your heart, call out for insight, Cry aloud for understanding. Look for it as for silver. Search for it as for hidden treasure. Eight instructions. And if we turn back to chapter one, there are only five instructions in chapter one. Possibly six, depending on how you read it. But all of them are in the middle of chapter one. So let's look at them. The first two are in verse eight. 
Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. And then we have another one in verse 10, which says, my son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. And then in verse 15, we have two more that are closely connected to that one. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths. So we have five instructions in chapter one, eight in chapter two, more than 20 in chapter three. Next week, Chris will reveal how many there are in chapter four, or we can find out for ourselves if we just read chapter four a little bit later on. But it's very clear that there are lots and lots of instructions in the book of Proverbs. Too too many for us, probably. Too many for us to hold on to, at least. So what do we do with that? Last week, Lou was saying that these instructions are not like hard and fast rules, where there's only one way of putting it into practice. No, if we want to try and follow these instructions, then we first need to listen to what they say. Then we have to think about what they mean. And then perhaps we have to talk with other people about what we do with them. Otherwise, there's a danger that having read them, we will just forget all about them. And that won't help us at all. So I'm very conscious that we haven't got into the detail of chapter 3 at all. And there's much in there that we, well, so much in there, we don't really have time to do that. So I'm going to encourage you to make the most of your house group opportunity this week to get into the detail of this whole chapter. And I'm just going to point out a couple of things I've noticed which might be helpful for us now. So look at the very first verse of chapter 3. This is the first instruction in this chapter. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. So that's quite similar to the first instruction in chapter 2, isn't it? Chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you. And it's also similar to the first instruction that we read from chapter 1. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. So it's helpful, isn't it? There's repetition. But we still need to think about how we do this practically. How can we make sure that we remember rather than forget? What does it mean to keep commands in our hearts or to store up commands within us? And perhaps we need just a moment to think about that. I don't want to give you the answer because it might be different for each of us, but storing up things in our heart, remembering and not forgetting. How do we do that? What can we do to make sure that we remember these instructions? want to remember how so many instructions how can we do that oh was that you jane write them down brilliant i don't know about anyone else but even when i read a chapter from the bible i can i can get to the end of the chapter and very little of it has has stuck in but if if 
I copy out the chapter or a few verses, then it goes in. So that's really helpful. The Bible is God's Word. So remembering that, remembering that it's not just a book that's written by... Well, it's different from any other book, isn't it? It's not a book that's just been written by people with their own ideas and their own thoughts. It's inspired by God, and that makes it uh, important and worth worth kind of slowing down and, and paying attention to. So whatever it is that we've come up with, can I suggest that this week we, we try and put that into practice in some way and perhaps tell someone else as an encouragement or as a helpful way to follow through putting into practice just, just one thing from this passage. The next set of instructions in chapter 3 are in verse 3. And as I read them again, see if you can see the connection with what's gone before. So Proverbs 3, verse 3. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them round your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So again, we have the same idea repeated as in verse 1 of chapter 3, keeping commands in our hearts, writing them on the tablet of our hearts, are similar, aren't they? And then the next instruction in verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So it's the heart that is uh, brought into this. Wisdom involves the heart, doing things from the heart, writing things on our hearts. And I hope that there are some practical things we could do as we think about these things. And in verse 5, we have trust in the Lord with all your heart. Then verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Verse 9, Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. And verse 11, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke. So this set of instructions is centred on the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Fear the Lord. Honour the Lord. Do not despise the Lord's discipline. It's different from the instructions that we have in chapter 1 and chapter 2. We can't hope to become wise apart from the Lord. He is central to wisdom. Our relationship with him is vital. As I've already said, it's the Lord who gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So let's spend just a couple of minutes now to finish thanking the Lord quietly in our own hearts for his wisdom and acknowledging that he is the one from whom all good things come, the one we should trust, the one we should fear, the one we should honour.
And now just the final verses from the middle of this chapter, verse 13 to 15. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. So just to finish, nothing we desire compares with finding wisdom and understanding. That's something to think about, isn't it? There are plenty of things in the world around us that are desirable, things we would like, things that perhaps we dream of having. And if we just imagine some of those things and remind ourselves that those who find wisdom and understanding are blessed, And that nothing we desire, nothing else compares, can compare to having wisdom from the Lord. This puts it into perspective, doesn't it? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you again that you are the one who wants us to be wise and to to live our lives with your wisdom, the wisdom that comes from you. Lord, we thank you for your, just your generosity towards us, Lord, how not only have you saved us and rescued us, but Lord, you want to help us to live and walk with you. And Lord, we we want that too. And so we pray that you would fill our hearts this week, Lord, with your wisdom. And Lord, that you would remind us of these instructions, perhaps just one of these instructions, Lord, bring Bring it to our minds. Help us to put it into practice, Lord. Help us to encourage one another to do that too. And Lord, please may our eyes and our focus be on you as we do that, Lord. We don't just want to go through the motions, Lord. We don't want to be following rules for no reason, Lord. We want to be living our lives with you and for you and to bring glory to you. So, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name that you would bless us all and help us to put this into practice this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.